What's up, guys? Welcome to mm. another episode of the City Image Podcast, and I am very, very excited. Very, <laughs> very excited uh, because we have a very dope episode lined up. We are talking Black Panther in its mm. fullness, Yo. and it's about to be... <laughs> Wakanda. 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 It's about to be lit, man. Uh, before we dive in, though, let's introduce ourselves. You know who I am. I am Bryant, the theological giant in the building. Uh, all the way to my left, Danny, go ahead. Tell them who you are. My name is Daniel, the creator. Mm. Much love. Live Much in love. the full effect. Wakanda forever. Mm. <laughs> we yo, appreciate yo, yo. you. Your boy, Rich, the husband, straight out of Wakanda. Skitty that papa. And we have a special guest, man. Um, he is here again. Um, he is it's the second time he did a very popular City Image podcast mm. on the Hebrew Israelites. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's come back to bless us with his knowledge again um, on this very important topic. Um, let him know who you are, brother. Russell the Wakandan. Hey. <laughs> what was his nickname last time? The prophet. The prophet. The messenger. The Wakandan prophet. No, the messenger. It was the messenger. The messenger. The Wakandan messenger. The war dog. <laughs> Yo, but honestly, we can change it. You know, yeah. these things aren't set in stone. Rich changed his name, so right. it is what it is. I'm gonna do it again too. My name's Mbaku. <laughs> <laughs> Mbaku. Yeah, I'm gonna call James. James is a Q. Yeah, he's and definitely. Mbaku yeah. is a Q of the Wakandan world. Uh, but fellas, fellas, let's just dive into this thing, man. Um, I wanted to start by asking this question. Um, so we obviously we're going to dive in. We're going to analyze this movie from every aspect, deep sociological issues. So, I mean, I know some of you guys want the intellectual rigor of this movie, and we're going to get there for sure. But can we geek out for a little bit, fellas? Yes. yes. <laughs> can we just geek yes. out, stand back as, as nerds and uh, uh, lovers of all things Marvel and just talk about the significance of Black Panther in the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe? What, what, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, as a movie. As a movie. Once again, Marvel kills it. This was yes. an incredible mm-hmm. film. It was fun. It was funny, mm-hmm. it was oh, action-packed, it was deep. And so for just as a standalone piece of art, yeah. it was dynamic yeah. and, and to be celebrated and watched absolutely. again and again as we've all done. Yes. Um, <laughs> specifically, uh, what's interesting to me is it is the 18th installment in the Marvel Universe. Wow. Can you just say that number again? 18. <laughs> 18. 18. And it's the last one before the all, everything hits the fan that, with that, Infinity yeah, Wars. Absolutely, um, Thanos so is coming. Mm-hmm. This is this has significance uh, to Marvel fans all over the world. Um, it has tie-ins and it interplays with storylines. Um, you know, like what happened after you know the uh, Civil War um, movie. What right. happened? You know, with this whole aspect of vibranium and and and, yeah. and all of that comes into play yeah. uh, in Wakanda. So, like the fact of the matter is that you know to see that this story is playing a part, a significant part in the most successful movie franchise ever yeah. mm-hmm. is very significant to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say shout out to DC Comics. I'm wearing a DC <laughs> Comics shirt right now. Yeah. Uh, we're taking massive losses. Oh, <laughs> taking man. losses. Unprecedented. Uh, I th- the yo y'all got black valley, lightning, no, bruh. <laughs> bruh. We need, we, need to, <laughs> we need to have like a static shock. We need somebody <laughs> to rise and, and oh, not man. cyborg. Cyborg. Listen, Batman is the only one I claim, so I don't know about the rest of y'all. Like we have a Lucius Fox movie. And he just makes okay. weapons all day. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. I was just very excited to be a part of another Marvel production. Um, mm. I will say I was disappointed not to see an Infinity Stone in this movie. I yeah. was almost convinced. Yeah. That there would be an infinity like the soul stone. stone in, do we know what a soul stone is? In Wakanda, I thought yeah. that's what we were gonna have. But um, you know, they're holding that they're holding that card to the chest. So I you know, whatever they do, they, they do them. Um mm-hmm. but um I got to see, you know, if you still oh, before we <laughs> continue any further, spoiler alert. Spoilers. Word. <laughs> yeah. spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Word. Huge major spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if I haven't already spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but yeah, I was expecting an Infinity Stone in this one. I'm really excited for what Civil War will bring. Um, you know, just with Infinity Black Panther War. being a part of that, being a part of that story now. Um, I'm also really excited for this to be. So, like, <clears throat> again, I was talking to my mom. My mom trying to watch Black Panther What's again. Um, she has nothing about Marvel, but her question when the movie was done was, "Hey." is he in the next one? Mm. And I was like, oh man, this is somebody's gateway drug to the yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm yeah. hyped for that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The brilliance of this being released prior to Infinity oh, yeah. Wars yeah. because people are going to be like, yeah. I yes. need my T'Challa yes. with my T'Challa. Yes. And so, you know, and put all in, in the trailer, Wakanda, yo, and yo. you see them running there all, the oh, army oh, Wakanda. Oh, Okay. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, he don't do. He doesn't do trailers. That's the backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't either. <laughs> I don't have the self control. Okay. Sorry. Yo, the but, Civil uh, War trailer though. Yeah, they made sure to put T'Challa front and center yes. wow. to let people know he's here. He's here. Yeah, <laughs> so come get your fix again. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Yeah, That's man. Crazy. But I, I think, I don't know. When I thought about the whole why, why is there not an Infinity Stone? Maybe they just. Wanted to make the movie so standalone that yeah. they know nothing about right. the you. Marvel universe. Mm. You can enter into this movie and know everything. Because I was talking yeah. to actually Josh, one of our pastors at Rich mm. uh, at on Bridge Church, and he was like, "Yo, I know nothing about any of this." And so I st- on the way to the theater, I was explaining the vibranium and explaining that. And, he, and after the movie, he was like, "Yo, one thing they just they explained vibranium from the very beginning." Mm-hmm. It, it, it's something I don't know nothing about superhero movies, but I could just enter into it and understand what was taking place. So, and I and I thought they would make the movie like that because yeah. this is a black this is Black Panther's introduction, yes. and they know mm. that this had a much wider scope. That this this is going to appeal to wider audiences right. than the typical right. Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So that's good, and it's a gateway drug, yeah. right? So, yeah. Completely, yeah, completely. Yes. This is the weed. Of- this is the weed. Of- <laughs> Marvel, yeah, man. Marvel. So Marvel's killing it, man. I just as I think about eighteen, eighteen, and they've interweaved yes. it so beautifully. Oh, yeah. It's a work. It's a beautiful. It it reflects the glory of the Lord. <laughs> the Marvel universe. Reflects After the glory every of God. movie, people know. Sit down. Yes. Wait for your two. Right. Not one. If the lights your, don't come on. You better not come move. On, <laughs> wait for them, and it's like everything building up to this moment, and it's just like it's a beautiful thing to watch, man. Mm-hmm. So, so, um. So now, I know we kind of already talked about this, uh, but as we dive now deeper into 
the movie, as you finished watching it, what hit you? What were you left with? What were your thoughts, general, big picture um, thoughts about... You're saying like 30 seconds after... 30 seconds after what landed on you. Um, I, I felt like, wow, I saw myself. Yes. Yeah. I saw, mm. I yes. felt a yes. story that had tapped, you know, into like my story. Yes. And, and that was something, speaking of Marvel, and this was why it was mind blowing. Because one of the things I love about Marvel, especially in contrast to DC, is that like they, t- they tie in their storyline with bigger historical moments so captain america you can't it's completely tied into world war ii yeah and um and then the x-men uh are tied into the to to the nuclear arms race right and the and and so you have these historical moments that are the backdrop but the thing that i never stopped to think about is like this whole aspect of history meaning what would it look like to take that same approach that marvel has taken with these major other stories and apply it into a storyline that actually ties into my story as an African-American. Beautiful. And wow. I hadn't even yeah. considered it before. I didn't even know I was missing it. Mm-hmm. And that was what Black Panther in so many ways was like, I didn't even know that I missed the aspect of like, oh, this is what majority culture people feel like when they go to movies all the yes. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and it was like, for me, like, man, this was amazing to feel like I could relate to the themes and the things that were even in the backdrop of a sci-fi superhero movie that were very much real to my personal experience. That was mm. what hit me the most. Yeah. yeah. I'm still waiting for that for us Puerto Ricans and Spanish people in general. <laughs> we got Zorro and Nacho Libre. <laughs> so um, whoa, 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 Miles Morales. Nacho. Yeah, Miles, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll see him one day. Yeah. <laughs> but um But you're right. We need we need more. Um no, nah, but I mean, I just, it was one of the, I, I immediately thought I have to see this again, mm-hmm. right? I have to process this movie again. Absolutely. Um, and just the, man, the, the way that it portrayed like strong women yeah, I, I blew, was, was amazing. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, yeah. I mean, she, amazing, like her character throughout. And, and I just like, her skin is flawless. Yeah. Oh, like God. side note, that's not. Hold side up. note, Hold up. <laughs> yo, she she instantly became oh, uh, like crush, oh, woman crush. Let's keep oh. it a hundred, hundred. The lighting on the scene when she was at the end talking to uh, T'Challa, I just yeah. noticed the lighting. Yeah, this dark skinned woman, the sun, yeah, and the way that it was so well lit. Oh, yeah, man. I just was like, this is beautiful to watch. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, silky smooth skin. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah. Um, what hit me? Um, I just, I just love being black. Mm. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm black, man. y'all. I'm, I'm black. black y'all. <laughs> I just left that theater like, yo, this is so much black glory. I'm overloading on this. <laughs> like it was just like everything about it, man. Just from Wakanda and seeing what a glorious Africa could look like. Just to celebrate. Just even seeing the Africans dancing and wanting to be a part of that. Wondering what it would have been like if the transatlantic slave trade hadn't have happened um, and seeing all these beautiful dark skinned women, if I can keep it a hundred percent and you don't even, I mean, no, no shades for light skinned women. I love, love I love all the women. <laughs> I, 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 I love women. that. Shout out to that. But you just never see yeah. Hollywood. I don't know how many dark skinned women they've ever casted in period. And then you see all of that 
it was just so it was just the whole thing i just left proud man proud mm. of this proud of ryan um coogler mm. and what he accomplished michael b jordan all the star studded cast um just to see on this scale such a uh like to see us treated as equals mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't and we've seen black superhero movies in the past and shout out to what meteor man put some respect on his name robert townsend <laughs> we love blade though blade, that was a well done movie yes. you know what yeah. i'm saying blade saved marvel low-key low yeah key. <laughs> but to see like they treated this movie like they did the avengers like they did yeah. Captain America, Iron Man. This wasn't like a oh, we just gonna just throw this at y'all black people. No, <laughs> this was a legit film. I just so proud, man. So mm. proud. Yeah, man. I think my initial thoughts were a little bit darker. Mm. Um, okay. My initial thought when the movie was done was this is not fair, mm. and I feel like man, it's not fair that people who do not enjoy or celebrate geek culture or comic book movies have to come outside of the genres of movies that they typically enjoy Mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy an experience of having black people on display Mm -hmm. in a respectable way in an awesome way like that and of course for me who who is a nerd and who's going to watch this movie anyway it also being this spectacular black experience was like a double layer cake right but, you know, I think about people who are like, man, I don't really rock with like superhero movies, but I got to go see this. Like, it's not fair. There should have been a great black experience in the genre of movie that you like. Yeah. And um, I just really hope that this is the beginning of um, us not having to hold because it's also not fair on writing Coogler. <laughs> like he yeah. had to come up with a movie <laughs> that was going to be the definitive black yes. movie in 90 something you know 100 minutes you know i mean like two hours of space to be like man i need to include all the black themes and hip-hop and women and it's just like man i have to create this definitive experience i'm just trying to make a dope comic book movie and so yeah um it's just so much pressure it just reminds me like man we always have to do four times as good six times as good just to be recognized you know and so it's just like Mm -hmm. we can't um we can never like have an easygoing experience. And it kind of ties into like the white people conversation of just like, man, like when you go see Lord of the Rings, you're not like, man, this is the definitive white experience. (laughs) It's like movies. It's just like, I can just watch the story. You know, and I think about kids this Halloween, all the black kids are going to want to be black Panther. But yeah. all the white kids still get the whole Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> you know and I mean? if like if they go to an Avengers movie and it's bad, it's like, okay, well, it whatever. was bad. Like, yeah. it was whatever. It was just whack. Yeah. We if, can't be whack. Black Panther it, sucks. Bruh. <laughs> bruh. It would just be and it would be a blight <laughs> it on would our be a very blight. existence. <laughs> all the hype that was behind this, and if mm-hmm. it had not lived up to it, it, it couldn't even be mediocre. Like mm-hmm. it nah, literally it had to be yeah. this. And but he shot under pressure. He did, and so you know, that's my hot take. My hot take was just like, man, I just, I want more, but, you know, I'm really trying to stay present and love this movie because it was amazing, but that was my first thought. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff, man. So, obviously, one of the big things that, I mean, we saw all the social media posts, Wakanda Forever. Yes. Um, this, one of the huge ideas all throughout the movie was this country in Africa call Wakanda that um, 
isolated itself, remained hidden, and became wealthy and powerful primarily because they have this rare mineral kind of a I don't know, whatever you want to call it, like this catch-all yeah. kind or. of, <laughs> you know, elixir, or I don't know what it is. It's just everything. It just could do everything, literally. Um, this mineral called vibranium um, that they basically put in all their technology, and they became wealthy because of it. And they so there was this portrayal of a technologically advanced sort of utopian country that escaped colonialism, and um, was just a picture of black excellence, African excellence. And so we got taken into that world, man. Obviously, I remember when Okoyo uh, is just flying through the trees and she just goes through the shield and she's like, we are home. I can't do the African accent. And it's just like you see buildings and everything just so elaborate. Um, And so into that world, um, what what were your thoughts as you began to see that, as you began to experience Wakanda, um, well, how, how do you guys feel about that? Mm. The one thing, and again, this is a little bit of a darker um, take, but my first thought was, what would have been? Mm. You know, yeah. like, Come on. like we're looking at like the reality. You know, historically, and, I, and this is where it's significant that, and it's not a coincidence. I'm sure that this this precious resource, this precious metal of vibranium is found only in Africa. And mm. yet it finds itself on Captain America's shield. It finds itself, mm. you know, on uh claws, you know, you know, gun yeah. uh, deal. And, and just the idea of exploiting the, the, yeah. the, the basic point though, is Africa is very rich in resources. Yeah. yeah. And that is not science fiction. That's true. Facts. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so I thought about like, man, what would have been had it not been raped of its resources, mm. you know, pillaged all these, you know, centuries, um, and uh, and and almost seeing this this glimpse of of a a place that can thrive, that could have thrived, mm. and that can still thrive, mm. you know, um, mm-hmm. because it is still a very rich uh, place, and so. I thought about that, and um, but it was just kind of fun to go through the ride and see how all the different layers that they they didn't throw away. It wasn't like completely fully high tech. They were still you know rural. They were mm-hmm. still like dirt roads. agricultural. Yeah, it looked, mm-hmm. it, and it was just this like, like yeah, it was a combination. Mm-hmm. And that was what I experienced when I went to Africa. Is that I saw mm-hmm. a, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, think about it. The most technological advanced country in this fictional universe, and you don't see, like, laser rifles. You see spears. And it's like they communicate with these, like, crazy, like, holographic things, but it's like they still you have, like, it's within these beads, you know. and It's like a distinctly African technological advancement. Science fiction, but, like, real-life Africa, like, had a baby. It was just like... For every piece of, um, even in their base where, you know, Shuri's making all the tech, like there's carvings and there's paintings on the wall in the midst of all this really high tech technology that she's making. And so um, that was beautiful to see. And I I do think that they were trying to show like, man, this is symbolic of Africa and it's symbolic of like even when T'Challa and they fly in, he's like, oh, man, this never gets old. 
I think that's how we see Africa. We see it mm. as like mm. antelope just kind yes. of running around. Yes, yes, yes. But it's like there's something under the surface that we don't see. There's a force field yeah. in real life <laughs> that yeah. we're not that seeing past. Yeah. Um, and I feel like media is a big um, aid to us having that bubble over our eyes Absolutely. and not being able to see it because all we see is like the safari. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not seeing what's really happening like um, – the the real advancements that are happening in this continent yeah and so i was really glad to kind of see a, a glimpse into that through a fictional lens right yeah but it was a lens nonetheless to help me see you know even just a symbolic view of what it looks like under the surface yeah yeah for me it was paradigm shifting and as i think about why it began to dawn on me how much white supremacy has really affected the way that I view Africa. And uh, so I'm just going to confess, I'm a, I'm a sinner. Um, I found what <laughs> I found the character of Shuri as I was watching Shuri and she was making all these technological advancements. Something inside of me was like, this seems weird. Mm. And I was like, why does this seem strange to me? Um, because I had never seen a, a African woman yeah. do technology. Mm -hmm. Like it, it wouldn't have been weird to me if you saw like Q from yeah. uh, um, um, uh, 007, 007 mm -hmm. or s like some white male. If they were doing right. technological yeah. advancements, right. uh, normal. Okay, yeah. we expect. Yeah. But as I was watching, I was like, what? And, yeah. and I began to, it, because I had never seen that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I began to think, well, why? Because my picture of Africa, I don't think of them as, it's almost like it's, it's exposed in my mind how I kind of denigrated the image of God in them to think that, are, can I see them as capable engineers, intel, more intelligent wow. in some ways than even white engineers to be able, could a Shuri exist, yeah. right? An African woman doing all of these technological advancements and why initially it didn't sit right with me, and it was just because my paradigm had been, it was so oppressed with white supremacy that I just never saw people that looked like me, especially, and here's the thing, I think in our consciousness, sometimes we look at Africans as even less than we look at black Americans. Yes. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was a black American, kind of like um, Morgan Freeman's character as he was doing that stuff for Batman. Yeah. That didn't strike me as strange. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I'm more, I could see a part of, okay, he's an American. Mm -hmm. You know, he, right. he can he has, do that. He has he access. access. Yeah, he has access. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, it was weird to me because he was an African, and I think a woman too, yeah. you know, yeah. that was doing this. And so, but then be, I began to rejoice because I was like, but there are going to be so many young black women growing up thinking I can do that now I can Absolutely. do that I've never seen it but I can do it and it it helped to eradicate some of the false understandings of expectations that I have on people in the way that I have been conditioned to view especially Africans in such a lowly place that I could never have imagined seeing a African woman with all these technological advancements so it was it was paradigm shift yeah, you weren't the only one. There definitely were moments of decolonialization that I was having to experience as I was watching it the first time. And then, you know, it was like, okay, I need to, like, I'm like, 
suspending disbelief and like why is certain things unbelievable in the first place um and it's just because it's like i've just never seen this before i've not been programmed to think that this is feasible and so um so to kind of be exposed to that and to be challenged with that and then to kind of transform it uh i think has been really good yeah man that was that was good that's a good point Rasul. um cool well let's take a break and after the break we will dive right back into looking at uh, specific characters in the story of Black Panther. What's going on, guys? This is City Image, and this is Daniel, the creator. And it's your boy, Young Flatbush. And Bryant, the theological giant. We just want to thank you so much for all the support that you've shown us thus far. But we just wanted to ask you guys to remember, if you haven't already, to like us share the content if it's blessed your soul uh subscribe review us on itunes we're also on google play and if you want to keep up with us on social media you can check us out on facebook city image we're also the city image on twitter and instagram and if you want to get in contact with us you can hit us up at city image podcast at gmail.com and again thank you for the support peace all right welcome back uh as you guys know we've been talking black panther so I wanted to ask the question about how we, how this movie sort of uh, portrays blackness and how we, what does this movie sort of contribute to our understanding of blackness, especially as we see just different conversations happening, happening within the black diaspora uh, from the film. So what were your thoughts on that, gentlemen? Yeah, I think for me, the aspect that it was a conversation, an African diasporic dialogue, yeah. that was the first time I've seen that on film, right? So what I mean is we've seen movies that take place in Africa or in America, but to have this interplay right. uh, of a storyline that is actually kind of having this conversation and it's, it's, it's expressing a conversation and, and wrestling with questions that... Uh, that are diasporic in nature it was really profound. Um, but before you even go go there, you have to go with the cast itself, right? Sure. You know, um, you know, you have Chadwick Boseman, African American from South Carolina. Yeah. You got Lapita, you know, a Kenyan Mexican. Yeah. You know, Daniel uh, Kaluuya, Ugandan UK native uh, combination. Danae Guerrero, Zimbabwean and you know American yeah. uh, but raised in Zimbabwe halfway through her life Winston Duke uh, who plays Mbaku um, you know from you know Tobago too Trinidad and Tobago hey. but specifically from Tobago Letitia Wright who plays Shuri you know uh, Guyanese and so yes. uh, just a tapestry yes. of um, different expressions of the, the diaspora yes. of course Ryan Coogley uh, uh, the director yeah. you know um, as well and so um, so yeah that peace is significant and then on top of that the conversation that we get as a result of okay you have Wakanda in Africa having an impact on this you know the the uh, Killmonger his dad is yeah. Wakanda and his mom is from Oakland and he's left there and of course all of this symbolism yes. that that draws between yes. for African Americans you know yes. transatlantic slave being trade strange. being left yeah. in America and disowned, yeah. disconnected from an heritage. Um, and, and him and that being a prime motivation yes. for uh, the you know, prime subplot of the movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Just to piggyback off of that, it's interesting 
when um, T'Challa goes through the to see his ancestors, you saw so many of the ancestors yes. symbolizing the fact that he is still connected to yes. his ancestors. And but when Killmonger goes to see his ancestor, it's just his dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. he doesn't have the lineage yes. before that. Yeah. So no. just to highlight that point of this estrangement um, that the movie so beautifully just depicts. Yeah, a couple things I want to kind of throw out to you guys is, um, <clears throat> so Killmonger's father, oh, I forget his name. Um, Njobu. Njobu, thank you. Um, in the beginning, we see um, him talking to T'Chaka, um, right? And he says to him, man, I came here on a mission, right? But I saw so many of our people like in distress and I couldn't, I could stand by no longer is what he says. And I thought that was so interesting that he referred to the people in Oakland as our people. Um, So he was really saying, yeah, we're from Wakanda, but these are our people here who are suffering. I have to do something about that. And it just made me think like, man, being here in America, do Africans see African-Americans as their sons or like offspring? Like, Mm -hmm. do you feel, do they feel a connection? Like, man, like that's us over there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wonder, like, because I know on the flip side, I definitely don't see Africa as like, oh, yeah, that's us over there. (laughs) Like, I don't feel that connection. And so it was very, uh, it was amazing to see his empathy coming from a, you know, this royalty line, having vibranium growing up really in a luxurious kind of positioning to come to, you know, the hood and then feeling like, you know what, I'm going to give up my luxury for to to have the ability to save these people, right? And even seeing Killmonger inherit that, yeah. right? Just like, nah, like I am going to fulfill the mission that my father kind of set forth to really help out the people who are here using Wakandan resources. Now he goes about it in a terrible way, but he really is kind of living out the legacy his father was trying to create. And so it really just had me thinking about this whole idea of us, African-American or Caribbean American and, and African native, like do, do we even feel that us amongst all of us? Like, is there an us a global us? Um, so yeah. Thoughts on that. And I, I would say, again, I can't speak for Africans, but for myself, no. I mean, mm-hmm. up until this point, honestly, <laughs> wearing a dashiki, um, I'd never have wanted to identify myself with any part of Africa until this point. Yeah. I feel like this movie has in some way kind of yes. reawakened that desire. Me too. Like one thing I was telling uh, telling someone after this, I was like, yo, I really want to go on Ancestry.com and figure yeah. out what yo, I'm Yo, hardcore. Like I, because I, for so long, have just disregarded that part of my history. I know, okay, my parents are from Trinidad and I know that sort of that immediate yeah. um, ancestral path, but I don't know what, what part of Africa I'm from. And for, for the longest while, didn't really care to think about it. Part of that, I think, is because of white supremacy sort of suppression of the beauty of Africa to the point where I've just kind of disregarded it. Like, what do I really want to do with Africa? Because in yeah. my mind, I have this, it's nothing but, you know, poor people over there, right? Um, even though I know that's not true, but... I feel like in some respects, even though this is probably a bad thing to admit, is because of this movie, I'm having this sort of reconnection with Africa and wanting to know what is my history here and having, again, this reimagining of like what you said, Russell, what it could have been 
um, and wanting to see it like that again, right? So, and, and not just what it could have been, but what it could be. And yeah, the reason why I, 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 I said that is because um, it reminds me of when I went to Cameroon to study abroad. Um, so I was a senior in college, uh, Africana studies major. So I was studying this, and I think as an African American in particular, uh, who was kind of raised with a uh, value and an appreciation for you know my car- uh, culture and heritage. Um, I had a sense of longing, and that's why I chose to study abroad in in Africa. So I go over there, and actually, I got this shirt made, you know, when I was in Cameroon. Yeah. Um, and so I picked the fabric out on the street. I bargained for you know the right price. I oh. sent it to a tailor and told him exactly oh. what I designed this shirt. Like I told him this is what I wanted to look like. And um, but I remember when I was over there, I, I was uh, working with a Cameroonian professor. And he said something, and and just to answer this question, um, he said, you know, you know, as a Cameroonian, he's like, I see you as a black man, as the son, and us as the father. Mm. Wow. He said, we have resources, we have you know, wealth and riches, um, but because of your proximity to just the education and things like, just you know, like if we were to come together, if we were to you know connect together, it would be a very powerful thing. And I remember hearing that. And that just like being like, wow, they want me, like they want us. Mm. So here's where it gets crazy, right? So then I do ancestry, uh, oh, and I wow. find out I am 29% Cameroonian. Yeah. I was at he's home. your father. <laughs> he's literally. <laughs> I'm like, daddy, daddy. <laughs> That's amazing. Why did you not come get me? <laughs> <laughs> but. But no, and that was that was like profound to me. Yeah, and it, um, and so I feel that connection, mm. and then to realize that like I had that actual connection. Yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so uh, shout out to Nigeria too, ten percent there. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. But here's the other bug part: thirty percent from Benin, Togo, and that becomes significant because Benin, Togo plays the backdrop for the uh, the warriors that we see. In the, uh, the the women warriors um, that we see in uh, Wakanda, like that actually came from the uh, Dahomey uh, tribe. Uh, what are they called? The Dora Dora Malaje. The Dora Malaje. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, which is actually like um, that's. And I'm like, now this is why I understand why my grandma and my mom are so fierce, right? Because we come from that. Like, like, okay, this makes sense now because they know how to use a knife too. Yeah. <laughs> and a spear. Don't go with a spear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to juxtapose that with now the flip side of that coin. So um, Claw, he's talking to Killmonger right, you know, as he's dying. <laughs> and he's like, yo, he refers to him and Killmonger as us. And he says, Wakanda are savages. Don't go there. You're a foreigner. They're savages. Look what they did to me. And he shows him the brand. Right. So it's like he's saying, no, no, no. It's us versus them. Right. And. I was like, man, I think that's how I see myself. I think that's me. I think I see a closer brethren to my white American brothers than I do my African brothers. African American, the emphasis on American. Oh, yeah. All the way. (laughs) Yeah. It's Um, African American. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) 
Um, and I think that's right. And it kind of goes back to the point I was trying to make before is that there is this subtle sort of devaluing of Africa that takes place even in the black American mind yeah. where it's like you see yourself as American and what America represents and the power and the wealth that's there. And those Africans are kind of just over there struggling and mm-hmm. we wish them luck, yeah. you know, but that's not really my, my experience, right? And so and I, I've, I've even heard from people who've come from Africa and have been in America for a while. It's like, yeah, you don't want to go to Africa. Like, just this, this, this mm. belittling of the entire continent. So, but, but I And I was right. going to say, too, and this is why it's a dialogue, because that's not just a one-way thing. Because the other thing that happens when Killmonger does come and he's before the council, and they're like, we don't know, you don't have any stake here. Yeah. And so there is a sense, and even why... They uh, call the him Chaka, a foreigner over and over again. You know, rejects him, you know, at, you know, the child in the first place. It's yeah. like, uh, that's not us. So that's what I'm saying about this dialogue. Like, there's this very interesting and hard conversations that, you know, we need to have as a diaspora about what does it mean? And it's, you know, Caribbean to African-American, it's African to Caribbean. All of those dynamics, you know what I mean, play themselves yeah. out in a very, very real way in our lives. Yeah, and I think, yeah, again, to that, I mean, most of the, most uh, people in the diaspora identify themselves as, you know, the place where they're immediately from, right? right. And so, you know, you have Guyanese people who have, you know, arts with, uh, you know, Trini people and you have Haitian, you know, and uh, like even Americans or Haitians and Jamaicans, you know, it's like there's so, so much inter like, um, what do we call it? Inter uh, tribal. Tri- yeah, just tribalism. Family among, feuds. Right. <laughs> Um, and I mean, it, and it's a regular thing for for them to see, for even people in the Caribbean to see Americans in one way. Oh yeah, you know I was grew up on that. Right. All black Americans were lazy mm-hmm. and like were second class citizens. Right. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, cool. Um, one of the major um, powerful aspects of this film. Shout out to black women everywhere. Yo, my goodness, it was. Beautiful. Shout out to black women everywhere. My mama, my wife. We gotta my talk. Yeah, <laughs> the Dora Milaje. Yes, we Man, have dude. to talk the Dora Milaje. Yes, y'all. I have never seen the portrayal of the strength and the beauty of yeah. the black woman like I have seen in Dora Milaje. Yeah. What were you guys' thoughts on this? I think we have to start with that hotel scene, or like that casino, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, that fight scene to me goes down as one of the most amazing portrayals of just chocolate women <laughs> kicking butt. Like it's just <laughs> yo, and and then it, when they're in the car, yeah. Like, so I low key for a second, I was like, yo, is this a Koye superhero movie or is this Black Panther? Because low just, key, when they the, after that whole scene and in, in the car and all the stuff that she was doing, word. I was like, she's the wig came off. The wig came off. She threw it. Spear. I was like, look, I'm low key feeling her more as a superhero right now than word. I am Black Panther. That, like it was, was that like serious. F you to like European beauty. Standards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, it was it, it was a very powerful image and statement. Um, you know, the fact that she was bald, the fact that, you know, she like even and I didn't get it in uh, Civil War when they were walking with him. Yeah, I didn't really understand. Yeah, I, I had yeah. no category yeah, to put yeah, them yeah. They were actually like his protection. <laughs> and yes. I was like, who is this woman threatening Black Widow? Right. Yeah. I was like, and I didn't know who. Yeah. yeah. Who, and who and I was, she, yeah. I was like, I don't, yo, yo, Black Widow need to fall back. <laughs> 
I was like, don't die. Don't die. Natasha. That, now I understood what T'Challa said. As much as I would yeah, love I'll to see, see that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Another time. He yeah. Knew. yeah, he knew what happened. He knew what was up. No, man. Um, between seeing Shuri as, a, as the tech, you know, support, brilliant mind behind the suits, uh, Angela Bassett as the royal queen, um, you know, and then of course Okoye and uh, and even uh, Lupita's character Nakia uh, as this spy. I mean, it was this such a range yes. of um, interesting dynamic tensions. Yes. And how about that scene when they when Nakia and Okoye is about to go at it because yes. you know when Killmonger becomes the king and she's like, all right, come on, let's yeah. go. And yeah. Okoye's like, where you going? Yeah, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I yeah. serve the throne. I serve the, the yeah. yeah. And that like. Oh, yeah. level, you know, and just so it just showed depth yeah. and complexity yes. and and beauty and interest in a way that um, I thought made it a very just like holistically, you know, celebratory thing. Yeah. For me, one thing was very powerful, man. Um, all kinds of symbolism here, but just that ending scene when the kingdom is split apart and um, you see, um, I forget his What's Alulu's character? Um, Who? Daniel. Daniel. Oh, uh, Wakabi. 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 Yeah. So one thing that I thought was just very possible is when the kingdom is split apart, and you see Wakabi kind of side with Killmonger, and you see the Dora Milaje is Jay just say they look at Killmonger and say you're not fit to be a king, and then they just defend T'Challa and they stand with him, um, and they stand with the hero there, and there was just all this sort of like wow man like it made me think about just the black woman and the loyalty that mm. that we've often seen black women just stand for the black man and and okoye down to just continue to say like look i'm just going to stand with the king mm -hmm. no, no matter what um and it, it was just a beautiful picture of just the the level of loyalty um that i don't know if we often um, give back to our black women yeah. as they stand with us in the, in, in, in the heat of battle, man. Yeah. What, what, I, what I thought was like African-American and African diaspora women have been the Dora Milaje yeah. in yeah. our community. Yeah. Like this isn't just, this is just a, a, a kind of movie depiction yeah, sure. of what has been real in a yeah. lot of ways. And, um, and so that definitely need, and then how about the fact that it wasn't like overly sexualized yeah. or yeah. it didn't have these like tropes of just you know these flat characters of just them being one thing wasn't the yeah. attitude sister girl it was yes. just like these dynamic interesting yes. significant people and in a lot of ways like you said like and we can talk about uh t'challa a little bit later but like the reality was i think the in a very deliberate way as a new king he was more unsure of himself yeah. than Okoye was, yeah. than uh, his mother was, yeah. than his younger sister so were. So true. And, um, and I think that like to have space mm -hmm. as a man to try to like figure it out yes. and then them be like strong, but they still got I'm his back. You. They're yeah. not like, you know, yeah. attacking his weakness, but they're trying to kind yes. of come up. 
I think it just had such a beautiful so picture. Beautiful, and then man. just a brother-sister dynamic. Yes. It so just was a, a, a holistic picture of what it means for us to have healthy relationships, mm. you know, um, across yeah, genders even, that you don't see. Even for T'Challa, like, allowing himself to be influenced by the wisdom. Yes. You know, of Nakia in particular. Nakia, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, just just to say it, the Black, Pan- the Black Panther fails miserably if he doesn't have the women that he has in his right. life. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Point Black. As a king. Yeah. As a like, king. He the Black Panther, cannot the king. survive yeah. as yeah. king. Yeah. Um, if he does not have these significant women in his life. And that yeah. is so beautiful, the way that they, 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 they portrayed that. Yeah, just to kind of um, speak more into this, like <clears throat> I was just blown away with the, how they put black women in a position of just showing how fearless they are. Mm. Because if you notice, anytime someone is going to fight the Black Panther, there is a on-purpose, like deliberate evening of the playing field so he drinks the stuff or whatever the you know they strip away his power yeah then he fights somebody they challenge him right so he fights mbaku level playing field he fights uh, eric killmonger level playing field even when they fight as black panthers level playing field but shuri nakia the whole door malaje were fighting killmonger as a black panther and they had no black panther juices mm. so they were engaging in the only uneven battle mm. that the movie depicted. So good. And they just went in fear. It wasn't like, oh, shoot, he's got the juice. He's yeah. got the suit on. Yes. They were like, oh, yeah, time I was, to fight. It's so time to go. Yeah. I was scared I was like, at the end when they were fighting. I was like, oh, my yes. gosh. Oh my and they're God. holding yes. their own. And they're holding their own. So if his that was suit didn't have that. <laughs> Yo, vibe, listen. Vibe they, they didn't have the suit. <laughs> he was about to get it. He was about to catch that L. They had him down. They were like, take the chain, take the chain. They had him at one point. And he... Oh man. So I thought that was crazy. The way that they were like, you know what? The women are playing on an uneven playing field, but they're still handling business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So good. Um, so I think we definitely have to talk about the white people in the film. Yes, there are two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shout out to Ross oh. and Claw. Yes. Yeah. Um I, 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 for me, I thought they were both very well done characters, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and the film just had a good balance. I mean, yeah, there were jokes thrown around, and you know, what, what, what was the one she said? At one point, she said, "Another broken white boy for me to fix," yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. "Don't scare me, colonizer." Just yeah. Sherry yeah. saying all that these things. Great. So it was fun, but I still think both those characters were very, very good. So I think for one, let's talk about Claw mm-hmm. first. What were your thoughts on Claw just as a villain? Kind of like the main villain for the first half of the movie. What were your thoughts on him? Uh, I would say Claw. I mean, this is not the first time we see Claw. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, he... I appreciated that they didn't try to add any kind of, like, racial components to him. Like, they didn't make him a racist all of a sudden because he's in Black Panther. And it's just like, oh, yeah, now we got to, like, add some, like, spin on him. (laughs) He's just, like, a normal... He's the everyday punk arms dealer, yeah. you know, that we see in the Marvel Universe who's, you know, trying to... St- he's been stealing from them for 30 years. That's one thing they dropped in. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. 30 years? And it was a great- Actually, though, I disagree. I think that there were racial undertones mm, to his statements, down. but uh, it wasn't... It was like uh, what they call like dog whistling. Mm. So he said when he calls them savages, yeah. when he's in the room with Ross mm. and he was like, I am more your speed. Don't you want to work with me? Oh, true, true, not true. them. Oh, so what you're saying was this was the first time you were seeing this or not? Or 
Because there were mm-hmm. definitely racial overtones. Right. He was. You're saying in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he called well, them savages and. Well, I took that to be his general like. Like I didn't feel like they added that for this movie. I felt like that no, was his. No, that's who he was. was. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. was always racist. Like, yeah. and, and part of the thing that, I, for context, and it was I saw it in the dress in um, Age of Ultron, but it was more explicit here in the scene where actually he fights Killmonger and he says, "I'm going back to Joburg." And what that shows is that he's very clearly an Afrikaner. He's which Afrikaners in particular are kind of the embodiment of the colonial presence in Africa because they actually set up shop in South Africa and and claim the land as their own and set up apartheid for generations. And so going to school now, y'all, you know, and so when, so claw is, you know, he has the accent, he has the swag, he has the, the kind of mannerisms of the Afrikaner in South Africa and actually says, I'm going to Joburg when he goes to get in the plane. And so in a lot of ways, I thought that, um, I think it was even better, though, that it wasn't explicit because you could, you know, it, like it, it brings out the conversation. But he plays the part of the ex- person who's primarily involved with exploiting the resources of taking them, don't care about the culture, you know, reinterpreting that culture in its mo- in, in the most bad, evil, you know, way as possible, racist way as possible. And yeah. and he does that. But it's all without it being explicit. Yeah. And I think that is the power of it because it allows you to open up that conversation about what's really happening, you know. And the thing, I mean, his motivation is racism about greed, anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's just a, you know, like so his, his, you know, him trying to capture everything for himself and just kind of pillage the land that he's seen is is about that. And then trying to network and connect with Ross, you know, CIA to be a part of that process, which we know historically is actually what did happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That there was an international conspiracy working together to exploit these resources because people did see them as a different set of people than the quote-unquote savages so i thought that that was a nice uh, tie-in but it was uh like more implied than it was explicit you know if you didn't catch those different phrases that he was saying i think that's what made it more powerful yeah so going to ross um what were your thoughts on him how how how'd you guys see ross he was everybody's, you know, punching bag for a moment. Uh, I thought he was a typical American, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Think, you know, assuming that he runs the show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In many of the of the scenes, you see that uh, in the casino and yeah. even afterward, assuming, you know, that uh, we're, you know, America. So, like, we're, yeah. you know, we're more advanced than you. Like, you know, yeah, kind of, so sure. Got it, you know, like, I just loved his character throughout the movie, kind of like even how he progressed yeah. to um, learning more about Wakanda um and almost like you know he was a part of the team especially yeah. at the end willing to give his life um for everything going on so i mean um i, I thought his character's really developed well um and i'm interested to see what what he does in the next movies actually so i think it was a good point that you raised about how he is this kind of symbolic american presence in the assumptions there because he's there to make this arms deal to get vibranium. He thinks that's the top priority. Meanwhile, we know the backstory that 
uh, T'Challa is there, you know what I mean, to settle a score that has been around for decades before that yeah. and is a bigger story. And to get justice uh, for, you know, Wakabi back home who's like, yo, like, bring him back. Yeah. Um, and so you see these things at cross purposes um, and he eventually falls back. But the other thing that's interesting about uh, Ross is that in the, in the Civil War, when he first appears in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's part of the uh, driving force of people that are going at Captain America um, and the whole Wachovia, uh, Sokovia Accords that mm-hmm. come as a result of them mis, you know, interpreting who it was that was responsible for the explosion that killed T'Chaka yeah. and blaming it on the Winter Soldier um, and blaming it therefore, and then creating the scenario where Captain America and the Avengers are fighting each other. And so in a many ways, which, cause that's when Black Panther comes on the scene and be based on that bad information, he goes after the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so I thought it was really interesting that when they, when he, he reminds him, Hey, I, I saved you because I went and, you know, was helped get the guy, how, how my, uh, Zima, Zemo, who was really responsible. And, um, and so there's that backstory. So because of that backstory, I really think Ross has to find redemption out of a place where he, you know, had got it all wrong before and he even gets rescued and saved. But then at the end to kind of have his life kind of on the line is almost kind of a, a redemption story because of how wrong he got it and all of the, you know, implications of that in the past. So I thought that was really interesting um, to have a minute, but I also love the fact that, um, and I do, I think the humor of the colonizer, the humor of, yeah. uh, of, of like, it's kind of like the, yo, be humble. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like. Even M'Baku right. and M'Baku's like threatening to oh, oh, eat yeah. him. Yeah, I'm you assuming. cannot speak. And you I'm, cannot talk. I'm going to feed you to my kids. Like, yeah. nah, we just vegetarians. Yeah. Just, All of that. <laughs> and I think it's fun to kind of, it's part of what is an expression of of having a storyline centered in the African experience, right? And that backdrop of of the common thread of you typically um, make bad assumptions about who we are, make wrong assumptions about our capacity. You, you quit, you often underestimate us. And I think he's symbolic of that yet because he's part of, he's also the link to the uh, broader cinematic universe of Marvel that I think a lot of what we're going to see moving forward with his, now being fully integrated in his life being saved by Wakandan technology, I suspect that that's going to play a part in the uh, in the Infinity Wars and in the stories to come. Good. He kind of made an ally. And then you see at the end as well that uh, Winter Soldier is now like an adopted son of Wakanda. <laughs> Which yeah. has major implications because the whole you know, eventual civil war gets started because they, you know, Z- Zemo figures out how to flip the switch and make winter soldier into their basic, like kill machine, know, kill machine again. Yeah. And so even afterwards, you know, he Bucky is, is like, I don't know if I should even be in the mix anymore because I don't know how to stop this with the, limitations of the technology that we know of well yeah. guess where those limitations <laughs> exist. and guess where some metal for that arm could come yeah. from yeah and i think it's interesting that they call him white wolf too yeah. like you yeah. know what i mean like that's like hmm yeah. what, you know what yeah. might be the comic book wise you know that's another adopted son of wakanda who ends up being like an ally with black panther so yeah i think he does, does he end up running the war dogs or something like that exactly so we can so then we have yeah. the whole war dog connection potentially to dr strange because the same city <sighs> that was ridiculous yeah. oh my God. Yeah. 
Um, did we talk about that? We didn't. Nah. <laughs> Let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about it right now. Let's throw it in there. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we got Tokyo, London, New York. Those are Hong the, Kong. Hong Kong, sorry. Um, and those are the same gate. The gatekeepers where Dormammu's forces were coming through in, uh, in Doctor Strange. And it just so happens that that's the place where Killmonger was trying to send the ships to the war dogs. Um, there might be a connection there. Yes, know? especially since we know in Doctor Strange that uh one of the the brother in that come on mordo might be wakandan maybe yo that would be is disillusioned from the order and walks away at the end of it Hmm. um and we don't know what's going to happen with him that's unresolved in Hmm. dr strange and so but yeah i think it's very significant that killmonger tells the ships to go to the same exact cities that uh that appear in dr strange as the gates to that open up the world that probably will be where thanos comes from Yeah, yeah. So, but going back to Ross, I think another thing was I was glad that he was able to have a significant contribution without being the white savior of the movie. Like, absolutely, he he definitely put his life on the line. He definitely showed allegiance to Wakanda, but it was more of like a secondary mission that he was on to destroy the ship. And even in his ability to do that, he doesn't do that without Shuri. Right? She's like, look, I made it comfortable for you. I made it American American shit. (laughs) She's guiding him through the whole thing. So there's this sense in which like, you're doing this, but you won't be able to do this by yourself. So it was very well done. The fact that we're going to show you his evolution as a character, how he can come alongside us and help, but he is not going to be the white savior of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated that. All right. Wow, gentlemen, there's so much to unpack here so that much. we have to do two episodes. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Killmonger and T'Challa, a couple themes running through the film uh, in the next episode. Uh, stay tuned. This is Brian the Theological Giant. Daniel, the creator. Rich, the husband. Russell, the messenger. All right, guys, stay tuned. We will be discussing uh, more Black Panther in the next one. See you later.